we continue our journey through the book of Acts. And today our focus is on conflict within the church. It seems that there was conflict within the church almost immediately. And certainly we as Baptists have added our portion to conflict along the way. One of my favorite stories is the story about a little Baptist church out in the country. They were having their church conference. And in the conference, there was a lady who stood up and said, I move that we buy a new chandelier for the church. Well, there was an old fellow who stood up and said, I'm opposed to it. Well, she was incensed. She said, why would you be opposed to it? Just give me one good reason why you would oppose this. He said, I'll give you three. He said, first of all, we don't have the money. Secondly, there's nobody in the church who can play it. And thirdly, what we really need here is a little more light. Well, today we're going to come to the second conflict in the book of Acts. The first was found in Acts chapter 6, where the Hellenistic Jews felt that their widows were being slighted in the daily distribution of food. And so they thought they were being shortchanged, and there was a conflict there. Interestingly to me, out of that conflict came the deacons. And the deacons came into existence to to smooth the troubled waters in the church and those kinds of things. But that was the first conflict. Today we come to the second conflict in the New Testament church, and that was concerning leadership. Now take your Bibles and look with me in Acts chapter 13, verse number 13, and we're going to be looking at several verses today, but Acts chapter 13, verse 13. Now Paul and his companions put out to sea from Paphos and came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. Now turn over to chapter 15, verse number 36, because here the story continues. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. And Barnabas was desirous of taking John, called Mark, along with them also. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another. And Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord. And he was traveling through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. All right, now this conflict is going to center around John. But who is this John? Well, you probably know him better as Mark. I suppose he was a southern boy because he had two names, John Mark. Now, John was his Jewish name. Mark was his Roman name. As I look at this passage of Scripture, the thing I see is that when conflict begins in a church, people begin to drop out. When there is conflict within the church, people begin to defect. I remember the first little church that I pastored, this part-time church. We had about 40 people in attendance. 
And so I looked at the community in which the church was located and thought, well, these people are not going to church. They ought to come to ours. And so I, I began to go through the neighborhood, knocking on the doors, inviting people to come to our church. There was a common refrain that began to develop. One after the other, as I knocked on the door, would say, oh, you're pastor of that church that fights all the time. I learned at that time that people don't want to be a part of a church that fights all the time. You see, we fight at work. We fight at school. We fight at home. And we don't want to come to church and fight. And so when they come to a church where there is conflict then people begin to defect. They begin to drop out. Now, we understand that with those who are really not committed. We understand defection of those who are not really committed. We understand that in business. When I worked in television, I would see people come and go. They did that regularly. Some of them because they didn't feel that they were adequately appreciated or they were adequately compensated or for whatever the reason. But their commitment was not to the station. So when something came up, then oftentimes they would leave. So I saw a lot of people come and go. We see that in sports. There is a lot of dropout in sports. For instance, if a player is not really committed to the team and something happens, oftentimes they will leave, they will defect, they will drop out. And it is no different in the church. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that possibly Judas defected because he saw no personal advantage to continue to follow Jesus. After all, Jesus had said that he was going to die. Jesus said that he was going to die on the cross. So why then should I continue following him when there is not much future for me so I will take what I can and I will leave? But what about those people who defect and they really are unbelievers? There are some people who come to the church and they don't stay because they are not believers. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 19, they went out from us but they were really not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out in order that it might be shown that they all are not of us. But you and I also know there are those who are of us who drop out, right? There are those who are of us and they defect. Now, John Mark, we would say, was of us. First of all, he grew up in a Christian home. If you look at chapter 12, verse number 12, and when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Now, Barclay says, his mother's house seems to have been the center of the church at Jerusalem. And Mark must always have been close to the center of the faith. So I say that what I want you to understand about John Mark is that he grew up in a Christian home. His mother was very involved and his home was the center of the faith in Jerusalem. So he had this background, this Christian background. He was a missionary. In chapter 12, verse number 25, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their mission, taking along with them John, who was also called 
Mark. So when we're talking about Mark, understand that he grew up in a Christian home. His mother was very involved. Understand that he was in the ministry. He was a part of the missionary work, but he defected. You'll see in verse number 13 of chapter 13, and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. So the point that I'm making is that John Mark was of us, but he defected. You say the same thing of Demas. Paul referred to Demas as being a fellow worker. But then Paul says, he has deserted me. He has left me. He has fallen away. We know that many of the early followers of Jesus defected. When the going got tough, the tough didn't get going, they left. So there were many disciples of Christ in the early church who dropped out. And it was so widespread, in fact, that Jesus said to the twelve, you do not want to go away, also do you. So Jesus said to the twelve, are you leaving also? Are you dropping out or are you defecting as well? Because there were so many who were. All of us know those people who have come to the church, been a part of the church, and they have left the church. Now, why do people defect? Why do people leave? There are a lot of reasons. I'm certainly not going to mention all of them. But the truth is sometimes the situation is so difficult that some people drop out. Sometimes the demands are so great that people say, well, I'm not going to do that. For instance, look at Moses. Moses was trying to lead the Hebrews to the promised land. They complained all the way. I mean, they grumbled constantly. They didn't like anything. When he provided something for them, it wasn't enough. And so they they complained all the time. And Moses was just about to have a nervous breakdown. And so he was praying in Numbers chapter 11, verse 15. So if thou art going to deal thus with me, please kill me at once. If I have found favor in thy sight and do not let me see my wretchedness. Now you talk about ultimate defection, that has to be it. God, if I'm going to have to spend the rest of my time with this bunch of complainers, then kill me. Give me some misery. You know that old Jerry Clowers story, just shoot up here amongst us. Somebody's got to get some relief. Well, that, that was Moses. He had just had all he could take and he said, God, just get me out of here. His assignment was difficult. Jeremiah's assignment was difficult. God called him to be a prophet, but he was constantly harassed. He was in prison as a result of the message that he preached. So in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 8, he said, Because for me the word of the Lord has resulted in reproach and derision all day long. It was a tough assignment for him. Well, we can speculate about this concerning John Mark. Why did he leave? Why did he drop out? Why did he defect? I've read several commentators as to what they said, and there are those who said, well, maybe he was homesick. You know, you understand that. Maybe maybe he had been away on this missionary journey, and he simply wanted to go home, so he was homesick. There are others who say, well, perhaps it was because the, the journey, the mission, had become so difficult and dangerous. Ray Stedman wrote about the mission Paganism was rampant. Robbers and other dangers were on every hand. 
and they faced increasing opposition from religious leaders. And so the speculation is maybe he wanted to go home, he was homesick, maybe it was just so dangerous. I read one commentator who speculated that maybe he had a girlfriend back home and he wanted to see her. And uh, that will keep you from being spiritual a lot of times. So it was difficult. Some people drop out because it's just difficult. It's tough to follow the Lord. Uh, Some do so because they feel that they've done enough. You know, I've done my fair share. I've done enough. The first full-time church that I pastored, there was um, the principal of the elementary school. I had been told was a Baptist, but he wasn't going to church. So I thought I would meet with him and invite him to the church where I pastored. And I met with him and told him that I was uh, new in the community and invited him to church and so forth. And, and I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, you know, I've been, I've been a Baptist for years. I was very active in the church. And he said, I, I've, done, I've, I've done my part. I've done all. He said, I don't have the strength to be a Baptist anymore. Well, there are some people who feel that they have done enough. You know, let somebody else do it. Let the, the younger generation, let somebody else do it for a while. Mark might have defected. He might have dropped out because of a change in leadership. Now look at chapter 13, verse number 13. Now Paul and his companions. Here's what I want you to understand. Barnabas and Mark were relatives. Up to this point in the book of Acts, it was always Barnabas and Paul. From this point, it was Paul and his companions. There is an obvious change of leadership here. Barnabas had been the primary leader up to this point, and now then it is Paul, and it might have been that Barnabas did not like the change in leadership. One of the things that we see is that when leadership changes... Sometimes there are those who fall out by the wayside. When I left my last church to come here, I was surprised at the number of people who left that church when I did because I thought they were more committed than they were and I thought they were more mature than they were. But you see, when there is a change of leadership, sometimes that results in the falling away of some, and perhaps it did with John Mark. So when there is a conflict within the church, there is usually defection. Then I see also that conflict fractures the fellowship in chapter 15, verse 39. And there arose such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another. And Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Now, there was a a defection of John Mark, which caused a division between Paul and Barnabas. They are divided. Now, Paul and Barnabas were partners in missions, but they were different in personality. They shared together in the mission, but they were very different in personality. It seems like that Barnabas was more sensitive that he was more compassionate. You recall that when Paul became a believer and the disciples didn't want to have anything to do with him 
And I understand that. I mean, Paul had a, had a reputation of being very dangerous, and so the disciples didn't want to have anything to do with him. Do you know who spoke up on behalf of Paul? Let's guess. Barnabas. It was Barnabas. Barnabas was the one who spoke up on behalf of Paul because he was sensitive to Paul. And now we seem to do the same thing with John Mark in chapter 15, verse 37. And Barnabas was desirous of taking John, called Mark, along with them also. So here is a man who is very sensitive to people. He was sensitive to Paul. And now then he is sensitive to John Mark. And he said, no, let's, let's, let's give him another chance. Let's take him along. Paul was not that way. In chapter 15, verse number 38, but Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Paul did not share Barnabas' desire. He said, I'm not taking him. He deserted us back there. You can't count on him. You know, we're going to get out here. We're dependent upon him. We're dependent upon him being involved. He isn't going to show up. We can't count on him. And so Paul did not want to take him along. We're pretty much that way, aren't we? How do we respond to those who fall away? Well, there's some of you very compassionate. And you say, well, what we need to do is to restore them. We need to reach out to them and so forth. And so there are many of you who are, who are like that. God bless you. There are others who say, ah, no, they left us. Uh, I'm not going to give them another chance. Proverbs 25, 19, like a bad tooth and an unsteady foot is confidence in a faithless man in time of trouble. And that's your verse. I'm not going to do it. But the thing I want you to see is that here you have the conflict. Barnabas over here is very compassionate Paul over on this side says, uh-uh. No, he burned us here, not going to do it again. And so there was division, and division oftentimes leads to separation. Did here, verse number 39, chapter 15. There arose such a sharp disagreement. They separated from one another. Barnabas took Mark with him, sailed away to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and departed. Now, the ministry continued. But they went in different directions. Barnabas continued in ministry. He went this way. Paul continued in ministry. He went in a different direction. You see, folks, the reason, the reason we have so many religious denominations is because we have, we're divided over certain things. And then as a result, we separate into denominations and into churches. Sometimes we, we, uh, we're divided and we separate over doctrinal issues. Well, take baptism, baptism, for instance. You have a church on this corner, and, and they believe in baptism by immersion. You know, like the Bible teaches. <laughs> and then over on this corner, you have a church that believes in sprinkling. I will confess to you that when we go to Israel, of course, we always go around the first of the year. And even in Israel, the Jordan River is a little chilly. And people want to be baptized. And guess who gets to baptize them? And I try to talk them into being sprinkled. I say, you know, maybe, who knows? They never, they never are willing to be sprinkled. 
So I have to get in there and freeze to death and kick away catfish and things of that nature. But sometimes we, we divide over doctrinal issues. Maybe it's tongues or Calvinism, spiritual gifts, things of that nature. But that's the reason that there are so many different denominations because we don't always agree. As a result, we separate. Sometimes it's worship styles. You know, this is, we like this style or that style or whatever the style happens to be. So we divide and separate as a result of it. So conflict then in the church divides fellowship and their separation. Now, here's my concern about it. When there's conflict within the body, it oftentimes has a devastating effect on young believers. I think that Mark, uh, I think that he had become discouraged as a result of the ministry. If If you look in chapter 13, look down at verse number five, let me show you something. 13 verse number five. When they reached Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they also had John as their helper. The word helper literally means under roar. A gallery slave. In other words, Mark was an errand boy. He was a gopher. He was not that important to the ministry that was being done there as far as his position was concerned. And it could be as a result of that he felt that he was unimportant that the work he was doing was not important to Paul and Barnabas. It could be that he felt that Paul disliked him anyway because he was a relative of Barnabas. We just speculate. But the thing is, he became discouraged. John Mark became discouraged. John Maxwell tells a story uh, about two professors who did an experiment with four monkeys They put the four monkeys in a cage, and in that cage, they put up a pole that had a stalk of bananas at the top of it. Well, when the four monkeys were put in the cage, one one of them spied the bananas and immediately began to climb up to get the bananas. When the monkey got to the top and was about to reach out and take a banana, then the monkey was doused with uh, cold water. He scampered back down, he tried it again, went back up, doused with cold water again. Well, each monkey in turn took their time of trying to get the bananas, but each time they were doused with cold water. And each time they would come down. Well, after a while, after that had happened several times, you have the four monkeys that no longer are trying to get the bananas. Now, they put another monkey in and took one of those out. And when this monkey tried to get the banana... The other monkeys grabbed hold of it and pulled him down. And they would continue to pull him down. And then after a while, this monkey gave up. They took another one out that had been doused with water, took him out, put another one in. Same thing. They did that through all four of them until finally all four of the monkeys in the cage had never been doused with water. But they did not try to get the banana. See, that's what happens when we get discouraged. When we become discouraged, when we give up on something, we stop trying. Whenever someone has been doused, and maybe it is someone that you know, perhaps it's a relative, but they have been doused with cold water, and as a result, they have discouraged you from trying to get the banana. So Mark quit. He quit. 
how do we resolve this, the conflicts that we have and so forth? Well, first of all, try again. Even though it didn't work out, even though you were doused with water, you try again. John Mark didn't quit. He left the mission they were on. But he continued his ministry with Barnabas. He didn't quit. Folks, listen. Perhaps you have been discouraged along the way. Maybe a church has disappointed you. Maybe this church. But you've been disappointed. May I say to you, find another one. Get involved. There are hundreds of churches around. Find another one. But don't isolate yourself from the body of Christ. Maybe you have tried to serve in some capacity and it didn't work out. Well, find something else to do. But you don't quit. You know why? It is important that you are reconciled, that there is harmony. And when I look at the rest of the story, Paul did not want John Mark on the next missionary journey, but I see that they reconciled to the extent that Paul recommended John Mark later. In fact, in Colossians 4.10, Paul wrote, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you his greetings. And also Barnabas' cousin Mark, about whom you received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. That was Paul. If he comes to you, welcome him. Mark served. Paul was in prison. It was 67 A.D. He wrote in 2 Timothy 4.11, Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service. What I want you to understand, and this is so important, and I believe that, I believe that, the, that the message is, is for, especially for some of you today who might have been discouraged. It's important to be restored. Mark quit, but he was restored to ministry. In fact, he wrote the gospel that bears his name, the gospel of Mark. That is the earliest and the clearest of gospel presentations. He was restored to ministry. Peter was restored to ministry. He denied the Lord, but he was restored to ministry when Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep. Some of you have fallen. You become discouraged and you've fallen and you need restoration. Folks, as I conclude, let me say this. We all fail. All of us. Mark failed. For whatever the reason, he left the mission. And he failed. Peter failed. He denied the Lord. When the little girl came out and said, you are one of his disciples, aren't you? He said, I don't know who he is. And he failed. I failed. I have failed so many times. We all fail, but by the grace of God, we are offered a second chance. That's really what I've said all of this to say this morning. God offers us a second chance. In my, when I was growing up, I grew up in a Christian home. My mother was a Christian taught Sunday school. My dad was a deacon. I grew up in that environment, much as John Mark. When I got to be about 13 years old, 
I got out of church. I suppose the reason that I did is I got in the wrong crowd. And I was out of church for a long time. When Linda and I moved to Oklahoma City and I went to work there, we didn't go to church. I went, we started to go to church because I thought my daughter needed to go. And we took her there. But while I was there, God began to speak to my heart and to Linda's heart. And it was there that I rededicated my life to Christ. I'd been away for a long time, but I rededicated my life to the Lord. I said, Lord, I really want my life to be committed to you. Out of that, the Lord called me to preach, giving me the greatest life that anyone ever had, and allows me the high honor of serving as pastor of this church. Folks, you might have fallen out for whatever reason. What I want to say to you today is don't stay there. The Lord has so much for you. There's so much that God will do through your life and to your life if you serve him faithfully. My encouragement to you today is if you've never trusted Christ that you do, but if you know him and you've gotten away, that today you nail it down and say, God, I'm coming home today. And today, I want to commit myself to follow you. You'll never be sorry. Our Father, we come to a time of invitation. You know each one of us. You know our hearts. You know our story. And Lord, I pray for those who have never come to know Jesus, that they would. But I also pray for those today who've gotten away from you. And Lord, there's not the satisfaction, there's not the joy that only you bring. Today, I pray that they might dedicate anew their life to you, to serve you, to, to glorify you. Lord, I pray that they would come today and get that right with you. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. In just a moment, we're going to stand. The choir's going to sing. We extend an invitation for you to trust Christ. If you're looking for a church home, my doors are open. We'd love to have you. If you just want to come, get on your knees before the Lord and pray, you do that. But when you leave here, I'm praying that you're right with God. You're right with God. Stand with me as they sing. You come. I'll greet you as you do.